everyone, and thank you for joining us at Sanctuary Church. My name is Rod Collins. I'm one of the pastors here, and we're so excited that we get to spend our very first ever online worship experience with you. Even though we're not together physically, we can be together online, and we'll be doing much of that over the next couple weeks or as long as is necessary. I'm reminded of how quickly the world can change. It's remarkable that we are now using words that we never used ever in our past history, self-quarantine, coronavirus, uh, self-distancing, social distancing. And it's just remarkable that so many things have been canceled. Basically, culture has been canceled. How quickly things change. And so NBA teams, March Madness, hockey, uh, baseball, even the Masters golf tournament have been canceled. And so things have really been changing dramatically here. The one thing that doesn't change is Jesus. It says of Jesus that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever in Hebrews 13, 5. And so, but it's a time of dramatic change, a, a time of tumultuous transition, a time of uncertainty, a time where really there's unprecedented levels of fear in our culture, and perhaps fear has visited your home. So I just wanted to begin this morning by praying. If you want to just bow your head with me wherever you're at, uh, in front of your electronic devices, and let's pray together. So, Father, I just want to pray this morning that you would bless our time together. I pray, Lord, that you would unite us together, even though we're online. I pray, Father, for our nation. I pray that you, would, Lord, would uh, bless our nation. You would help our nation as we deal with grief, as we deal with those that have lost their lives and our families, Lord, some are in upheaval and our nation is in upheaval. And so we pray, Father, that you would do what only you can do and you would bring your blessing to this time together in our online experience in Jesus' name. Amen. And so this morning I'm going to be doing a message uh, that is going to be a message that I think will really help you. And so the message is one where we're going to talk about what to do in times of crisis. And so, again, I want to welcome everybody online I want to give a big shout out to all of you that are here, and I'm so grateful that you've joined us here. And so one of the things that I want to say during this time is that although physically we cannot meet together, that our mission has not changed. What we do as a church is not changing. And so we're going to move forward with our Go Beyond uh, initiatives there for our new campus. Uh, we're going to keep you posted on social media, everything that is happening at the church. We're going to have uh, times of prayer, actually, panel discussions. I'll be bringing updates to you. And so we're even going to have uh, worship experiences with our different worship leaders. We're going to have uh, about every other day, we're going to bring worship to you. And so we're also for your families and for your students. Uh, we're going to bring uh, resources. We're going to have a YouTube channel. And by the way, if you haven't signed up for the YouTube channel, uh, you can do that. And that would be great. And so also, you can sign up for, for weekly emails. We're actually going to be doing them more than weekly. We'll be doing them probably about daily, giving you daily updates. And so I know that some of you are who are joining us online for the very first time. And again, we're just excited that you have joined us. Uh, we'd love to give you a gift there. Uh, we do that normally on Sundays, and we're going to do that through mail. If you want to just uh, look at SanctuaryChurch.com where you can connect. And we'd love to send you a gift for just being a part of our online experience here. Go to the link below. And so I want to remind us, too, as though we're not meeting physically together, just want to encourage us to stay steady in our generosity. 
Uh, you can give by uh, your tithing or your gifts to Sanctuary Church, to our church office at 1090 uh, Fifth Street there in Calamesa, and you can see the address below. Also, a lot of people give electronically at Sanctuary, and if you want to do that, you can give electronically, uh, as well as you can text 8-4-3-2-1, and uh, you can give that way also. And so I uh, just encourage you to stay steady in your generosity here. So the title of the message is to fear not, to stand firm, and to expect God. And so here's the question, I believe, of the hour, and that is this. What are we going to do now? I think this is the question that we're all asking is the coronavirus uh, keeps uh, news of it keeps changing here. The financial markets have been absolutely rocked and we've lost trillions of dollars. All the travel bans, all of the sports, basketball, hockey, golf, it's all changed here. I mean, even like toilet paper here is flying off the shelves. People are people are hoarding water. Uh, People are have, have bought up all the hand sanitizer. And so it really is, it's just crazy what is happening. It's a time of great uncertainty here. And so really the question is, what are we going to do now? And so I want to talk about that this morning because I think the question that we wrestle with more than any other question is this. Am I going to live by fear or am I going to live by faith? I think it's natural to have feelings of fear and, and, and that's to be expected. Because we fear things that we we don't understand, that we don't know, that we don't know the outcome of, that we can't control. And that is so true of the coronavirus. And the words that are spoken more in the Bible, the greatest command in the Bible that's given over and over again is fear not or don't be afraid. When Jesus made his arrival into the earth and God became flesh and dwelt among us, the angels of the Lord said, fear not. And when Jesus exited this planet, his, some of his last words were, do not be afraid. So this is the words in the Bible more than any other command in the Bible there, to not be afraid, to fear not. And so the question is, really, how then are we going to live? Are we going to live by fear or are we going to live by faith here? And this is the question that God's people faced in the book of Exodus, in Exodus chapter 14, that I want to unpack for you this morning, this story here, where there was a massive crisis moment. And I think it's a moment that really relates to us today and what we're facing here. So I'm going to be unpacking for us this Old Testament story in Exodus chapter 14 of how God's people there reached the Red Sea. You're probably familiar with the story and you've probably seen it in a movie there. But God's people are in absolute crisis mode. And behind them, then, is, uh, if you can imagine with me, are the Egyptians. And the Egyptians there have these massive implements of war, these uh, horses and chariots that are absolutely intimidating. And so there's a massive cloud of dust there as there's two million children of Israel and Moses, their leader, which now are facing the Red Sea. They can't go under it. They can't go over it. What are they going to do? And so they're facing really this immense, huge crisis moment as a nation when the enemy was quickly encroaching upon them. I really feel that this is what America is facing today, a huge crisis moment where the coronavirus is encroaching 
upon us. And you may know the story there that the death angel uh, went over the homes there. And the only children, the only boys that survived there were the ones where the the blood of of the lamb was painted over the doorposts. So the 10 plagues came. And so ultimately the Pharaoh released God's people and 2 million Jews were finally released. And so I want to read to you in Exodus chapter 14, verse 10 through verse 12 here. It says that they were terrified and this was then their go-to response there. Their go-to response was, what did they do when they were afraid? What did they do when they were afraid? And so this national crisis there in fear, and, the, and it says this here, it says in Exodus chapter 14, verse 10, and they were afraid. They were afraid there. This was their, their go-to response. And so, and they cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, and I want you to see how sarcastic that they get. And they say, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to die in the desert? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone and let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. And so they're thinking that it is over for us. I mean, they are absolutely dominated by fear. Very much so the story in our nation here. And so they're having this meltdown moment, this absolute meltdown moment where their backs then are against the wall here. And so here's my question to you. Do you think that when we have moments of fear that it makes you better off or worse off when you face these moments? And so I want to show you what happened to the children of Israel, because this is ultimately what happened here. Is that first of all, they reacted in fear. Then they reacted in sarcasm. And ultimately, they went to a worst case scenario here. First of all, they reacted in fear there where they had they were just losing it and they had this meltdown moment. And then they get sarcastic where we see what starts coming out of their mouth. And then like us, they started imagining worst case scenarios. And so do you really think that this pattern is one that perhaps is duplicating itself today where I think we as a people that we react in fear? Uh, we our language can reflect sarcasm, like, oh, what do our leaders know what they're doing? Or I can't believe they're doing that. And so, and ultimately we lay in bed at night and during the day imagining worst case scenarios. And so we've all faced situations, I think, where obviously our backs have been against the wall and we don't know what we're going to do, but nothing so unprecedented as the coronavirus. And so I want to talk this morning about what we can do. Like, what is your normal response when you are afraid? Perhaps for some of us, I think you can think of a time where in your life where your back was against the wall, where you didn't know what to do, where you felt like you were backed into a corner here. And and the question that I'd like to ask us to answer, perhaps after our time together here is this. Has God ever met you in those back against the wall, fearful moments. And so again, do you think that you are better or worse off for decisions when you're scared? And so I think, for example, I mean, think about you going to the market here and you see like some people, uh, they take so much toilet paper. Do, do we really need like 
30 cases of toilet paper for the next couple of weeks or months. Do, do we really need it that much? Or you think about hand sanitizer. I think you can't find this anywhere. It goes online for like 50 bucks for its hand sanitizer. But uh, do we really need enough hand sanitizer that would like fill our pool up? Or towels here are also almost impossible to find here. And, uh, and people are hoarding these uh, by the truckload. And so people are reacting in fear everywhere. And Jesus said this. I think it was very timely what he said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 26, where he said, Look at the birds of the air. Are they freaking out and stressing out? Uh, I'm just giving my own little spin on that here. He says, And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And then Jesus said, Are not you more valuable than them? And so... Let's get back to Exodus chapter 14, verse 11, and listen to the sarcasm here of God's people. It says here, uh, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us out to the desert to die? I mean, they're just full of sarcasm there. They're saying, hey, Moses, was there not enough cemetery plots there in Egypt that you had to bring us out here to the desert to bury us? And this time, like not one of them had died of 2 million people. And then they throw in a zinger in Exodus chapter 14, verse 12, where they say this, didn't we say to you, leave us alone and let us serve the Egyptians? Well, the reality was they never said that. That was not their, their story there. And so they begin, the fear begins to cause them just to distort everything and distort the past. Moses, why? We were begging you to leave us in Egypt. Nothing could have been further from the truth. And so they were begging God and begging Moses to get them out of Egypt. And so I think the reality is this, is that because of fear, we can say things and do things and experience things that get absolutely exaggerated because of fear. And so what I like to do is I like to talk about this. I like to talk about these worst case scenario moments and look at that for just a moment, because I think the reality is this, is that we are all professionals at worst case scenarios. I mean, we've taken it almost to art form. And so I like to look at that and, uh, and talk about that for a moment here. Someone once said that I died a thousand deaths fearing one. I think that can be true of us here. And so in Exodus chapter 12, verse 14, excuse me, uh, verse uh, Exodus 14, verse 12, they said it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians and to die in the desert. And isn't that true, how we can get creative with our worst-case scenarios, how we can have uh, experience worst-case scenarios like on steroids, especially in times like this where we're facing this crisis. Someone once said that my life has been full of terrible misfortunes, none of which have ever happened. And so in the midst of crisis, we're going to we're going to go to worst case scenarios. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 27, who of you by worrying can add one moment to your life? And so God's people are facing a massive once in a lifetime crisis. And I want to look at how they experience that because Moses then steps up and Moses puts on a clinic on how to lead people and how to calm people. And I want us to see the three things that Moses talked to them, which I think are the very three things that we want to build into our lives during this crisis. 
So I want to draw your attention to Exodus chapter 14, verse 13. And it says this, Moses answered the people, do not be afraid, stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring today. So these three things here, he says, look, this is a time to abandon the full of fear, get sarcastic, and imagine worst case scenarios. It is time to abandon that thinking. And I would like to say to you as, as your pastor, it's time to abandon that thinking of being full of fear and how our mouths can just run with nonsense and how we can run to worst case scenarios, worrying about our children, worrying about our lives, worrying uh, fear for the future, worrying about our families. I want to suggest to you that we replace that with what God spoke in the national crisis that God's people faced uh, a long time ago. And that is this, that we fear not, that we fear not, that we stand firm and we expect God to help us. So this is the new plan. And so my question to you is, like, what are you going to do? And how do you want to, to live your life? It's not God's will that we would live terrifying, terrified, that we would live under such burdens of, of what's going to be. And so I want to share with you and unpack these three principles of how we can live in the days ahead. So I want to talk to you a little bit about what it means to actually fear not, what it means to not be afraid, what it means to expect God here. So I really believe that we can do this. I really believe that we can lean into God, that we can trust him, and we can have a different perspective and mindset and disposition regarding the coronavirus. And so, and it is, it is somewhat intimidating that the coronavirus is now on our doorstep. Just a couple days ago, St. Bernadine's Hospital had 17 cases that they were checking of coronavirus and thinking that up to perhaps a third of them uh, may be positive. And then Loma Linda University Medical Center had 18 cases uh, that were being evaluated and had the signs and clinical symptoms of the coronavirus. And so it has come onto our doorstep. And so but I'm, I, I read about um, uh, this story here about Rita Wilson and Tom Hanks, who got the coronavirus down under. And I want you to see their response. I want you to see their response because these are people that we're all familiar with. And, uh, and I quote here, says this in a tweet. Down under, he says, I'm sorry, he says, I want to thank everyone down under who are taking such good care of us. We have COVID-19 and we're in isolation so that we don't spread it to anyone else. There are those for whom it could lead to very serious illness. And we're taking it one day at a time. That's how we have to live. There are things that we can that we can all do to get through this by following the advice of the experts and taking care of ourselves and each other. Hanks says thank you. So, um, so friends, I really believe that this is a time not to freak out. It's a, it's a time uh, for us uh, to bring our cares and concerns and lives before God and to do what it speaks of when Jesus said in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 7, where it's not God that gave us a spirit of fear. See, he doesn't do that. And so he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. Self-discipline that we can live by the power of the Holy Spirit, a different kind of life when everyone else is freaking out here. And so 
uh, if you could, you could understand that the work of the Holy Spirit working in you can eradicate your fear and help you to live with a sense of peace. Jesus said, my peace I give to you. The Bible says to be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication, make your requests known unto God and the God of peace will fill your hearts and minds by Christ Jesus. So this is how we can live. And so I think for some of us, like, what do you do when you face intimidating times of fear? Perhaps it would help to journal your thoughts out, to just to write them down. Perhaps for others, it might mean that you talk to a trusted friend and you unpack what you're feeling uh, to a friend or to uh, your spouse here. But I know that fear can absolutely freak us out here. And so, um, so what are we going to do as a church? Well, love would require that we bless the community, that we do everything we can for the community. And so I just want to say that uh, for the next uh, weeks or perhaps months ahead, that our staff and our senior leadership team and our volunteers and all of you, we're going to do everything we can as long as we can to do as much as we can to help and bless and impact the culture. Uh, I'm here at the ministry center taping this. And just before we tape this, we were giving out bags of, of grocery and, and, and milk to people. And so, um, so let me add this, and that social distancing and social quarantine doesn't mean that we are to socially isolate from one another. Really, we have the Internet and we can build community. We can grow in community. We can experience community together. So we're just going in a different direction in these uncertain times here. But this is a great time to be reminded that the church, it's not a building. The church is not an office. The church is not the, uh, the school where we've been meeting. Like, you're the church. And so we as the church are meeting in hundreds and perhaps even thousands of places today. We're still meeting. We're just doing it online. And so the church is not being diminished just because we don't have a building to meet in. We're just as vital and just as real and just as pulsating and can do just as much to the power of the Holy Spirit as we did when we had a building there. I'm reminded of what, again, of what Moses said. He said, to fear not. And then secondly, he said, to stand firm. I'm reminded of the song that Matt Redman wrote, a classic Matt Redman song years ago. And he said, oh, no, you never let go through the high and through the low. Oh, no, you never get let go. Lord, you never let go of me. And he said, I can see a light coming for the heart that holds on. and There will be an end to these troubles when the day comes, and still I will praise you. Oh, no, you never let go through the low and through the high. And so that's what we can do. We never want to let go. And so we stand firm. What do we stand firm in? We stand firm in our convictions. We stand firm in the faith. We stand firm in trusting Jesus. We stand firm in what we know to be true about God. And so uh, and so we can let go of fear, and God will never let go of you. And so I think this is an opportunity where, as grandparents and parents, that we can set an example, and we set the tone in our homes to have a, a spirit of calmness and fear, knowing that God is not going to let go of us. That is, 
we fear not, and secondly, we stand firm. And so when the pressure is on and when your back is against the wall, what are you going to do? Well, reading to continuing here in this story of Exodus tells us that God has this amazing track record of helping us, helping out his sons and his daughters when our back is against the wall and we're facing a national crisis and we're in a jam here. And so God has shown us that he does supernatural things when God's people cry out to him. So getting back to the story in Exodus, God's people there are trapped. And what are they going to do there? And so it's a crisis that is unfolding and the Red Sea is in front of them. It really is intimidating there. And so what God wanted to do was to hear the declaration of the people that they trusted him, but they were standing firm before he supernaturally intervened. And Moses would say, would say these words. He said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. He said, the Egyptians which you see, you shall see them no more forever. And he spoke those uh, declarative words there, and then the Red Sea would part. And so uh, the Lord said to Moses earlier in Exodus chapter 12, he said, why are you crying out to me? Why don't you just move on? This is a time to move on from your fears here. And so, but they stepped into the water, not knowing what God would do. They couldn't go over the water or around the water. God had to part the waters and they would walk through on dry land. And so um, I want to tell you that they made it through to the other side here. And so again, oh no, you never let go. God will never let go of you. And so, but you know the story the Egyptian army then came racing after them, thinking two million Jews, we've lost the slave labor here. And so it was going to capture them and bring them back into an oppressive life again. But when they got into the middle of the Red Sea, God supernaturally closed the Red Sea upon them and the Egyptians and their chariots were drowned in the sea there. And God's judgment fell upon them. And God was greater than the crisis upon God's people. And I just want to remind us that God is greater than the crisis which is upon us. God is greater than the coronavirus here. And so, um, but they declared these words, fear not, stand firm, and expect God. I want to encourage you to live that way in the days and months ahead because we can choose in crisis. I know you can do it. I know you can have God's peace in the middle of the crisis. And so then what would God do? Miracle after miracle. He would bring water out of a rock. He would bring manna in the wilderness there. And so I'm inviting you to let go of fear-based, sarcastic, worst-case scenario mentality living here and to embrace the fear not, stand still, and expect God mentality that the Bible speaks of during the national crisis. And so this is a time sanctuary for us. Listen to me. This is a time for us to be the church, to not back down, to not shrink, but to be the church. Our mission is the same. And so well, we're going to advance God's mission. We're just going to do it in a different way here. And so and I like to say that this is not only us as a church, but you individually don't shrink back. 
you can live in the mentality and the, and the confidence that God has for you. And so our options really are to only live two ways, either the fear-based pin in the story that God is writing or in a faith-based pin that God is writing and wants to write your story there. And so God is calling us to a better way, a better plan, and that is his way. And so um, I'm calling you by the power of God's Holy Spirit to respond to his word. And so he is the God that did the miracle of the parting of the Red Sea, did the miracle of water from a rock, did the miracle of the walls of Jericho falling down, did the miracle of Good Friday, did the miracle of resurrection Easter Sunday. And he is the God that can do miracles in our life. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so why would you not believe that God can do something great for you during this time? He is the God that can part the waters for your life and mine. And so I'm going to ask you in closing, I want to do something that uh, is our first time having an online experience. I'm going to ask you that you could just prepare yourself for a moment of praying. And I want to, I want to pray over you. And I want, to, I want to speak over you who God is and who God is in your life. And so perhaps if you're there with your children, you can grab your children's hands or you're with a friend if you want to join hands with a friend or a husband can join hands with your wife. I'm going to wait for you to join hands with your wife. Great. Well, God, the first thing that pops into our mind at the letter A is that you are almighty, that there is no one like you, that you are the beginning and the end, you are the Alpha and the Omega. And B, I think that, God, you are big, that you are bigger than the crisis, you are bigger than the coronavirus. And C, Father, speaks to me about how you care, that we are not alone here. And when we cry out to you in fears, God's children, that you hear us. And D is that your love, your compassion is deep, is deeper than the ocean. And so, Father, E is that you are an everlasting God, that you are eternal, that you never change, that you are the same always. And you are F, you are our Father. You are, uh, you are gracious and you are good and you are holy. God, you are so infinite that our minds cannot even comprehend how great, how vast, how immense you are. And you are just. You are a God who is kind, and your kindness comes to expression in our lives, even in times of crisis. And L, God, you are a God of love, of unfailing, everlasting love. And you are mighty, and you are mighty to save, you are mighty to deliver, you are near us, you are near the brokenhearted, uh, you are close to us and present by your Holy Spirit. You are omniscient, you know everything, you are omnipotent, you are all-powerful, all you are uh, omni all-knowing, and you are the God of peace who gives us your peace. You are quick to hear our prayers, and God, you are real. You are real in the midst of our, our darkest moments here. And so, Father, you are strong. You are a strong tower that we can run to and be safe. And you are true. The truth is in you. And you are unfailing in every way. 
and you've made a way and uh, you are victorious. You've conquered the grave. And Father, thank you for wisdom, that you've been made unto us wisdom, and that when we lack wisdom, we can ask you. And Father, X is that you X out our sin, that you X out uh, our brokenness and our past, our sin, and you make us right with you. And your yoke is easy, and your burden is light. And I thank you that you are zealous for us, and that you sing over us, and there is no one like you. So Sanctuary Church, bless you, bless you, bless you. Uh, I love you, and we'll be in touch. And so have a great rest of the day. In Jesus' name, amen.